0: Welcome to the Closing Time Podcast for the week of September 15th, 2019. I am Joe McGuire. She is Abby Bro. It's been a little bit of a lull here a for us. Uh, between the summer, we had a couple of mishaps. Uh, we had a bad recording session. Yeah. Sometimes things don't go as well as planned. Uh, So we're back. Uh, We've got uh, all sorts of great stuff today. Uh, You and I also did something recently that was really cool and actually worked out, door knocking. Yes. Which I was so reluctant to do, but you were like, let's do it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I'm very fearful of those sorts of things for like probably mental reasons more than anything else. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I used to do it a lot uh, when I first started out. And um, didn't have too much success, but um, that's when I really didn't do a lot of follow-up. But now that I got my follow-up down, uh, the door-knocking, it's actually really it's really great.
0: And so yeah, I know we went in tandem, and you went with a uh, mortgage rep?
1: Yes, I went with a loan did, officer.
0: Is it better to have a second person there for the door-knocking?
1: I like it. I like it. Um, you know, it makes it more fun. And also, when you have a loan officer or, you know, a partner or someone to go with, um, you can play off of each other um, you know especially if you're the loan officer you can offer different services so um, <clears throat> we talked about not only are you looking to buy or sell do you know anybody are you interested in the market I'd send out a market report but then you know Matt was able to be like what's your your mortgage rate you know what are you paying do you want to refinance and a lot of people were down for that
0: I'm sure yeah
1: so that was another way of getting their contact information Um, It was also just a lovely day and a lot of people are out doing lawn and stuff and um, working in their lawn and, you know, they wanted to chat a little while and it was good to, you know, talk to people. But what we do is, um, you know, you obviously pick a neighborhood you want to farm, but we were lucky we had some really great neighborhoods where we sold houses recently. So we kind of just, we worked on those neighborhoods.
0: I've been doing quite a bit of walking in the neighborhood as well where I live and I think a lot of it's due to the fact that we went door knocking and my wife was like, well, if you can go door knocking with Abby, you can go to, for walks to the park with the family. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been doing that. So thanks. You're, you're welcome. But I'll tell you what, you really run into everybody. I mean, yeah. everybody's out. You're walking down the street and it's a chance to let people see your face and mm-hmm. kind of getting out there. Right. Uh, let's take a look at the news. Uh, speaking of people seeing your face, this wasn't what a couple had in mind. No. No. Uh, An Arizona couple is accused of squatting at an open-door house with two children. They were arrested by the police. Uh, Gary Lynn and Adriana Gamboa were inside a Chandler, Arizona outdoor listed house with their two children. A prospective buyer came in to see the house. Now, if you don't know uh, a whole lot about Open Door, it's one of those apps where you get access to the key Mm -hmm. and you have one hour to go and... (laughs) View the house.
1: The buyer has, or the, the the random person, not an agent, an unrepresented possible buyer correct. who may or may not be uh, pre-approved for a loan.
0: That is correct. Is going
1: into your home. And
0: in some cases, homeless and just a squatter.
1: Yeah. I mean, this family, obviously, um, they got some issues and they, they needed a home for a little while. Um, and... Open door made it possible for them. I actually remember watching an episode of uh, Shark Tank, and this was one of the things. And I don't think anybody did anything with it. They didn't invest at all. Like uh, Barbara didn't want it. What's his face didn't want it with the basketball thing. No kidding. Yeah. Wow, well, yeah. Well, this might be why. Is this what they were concerned about? <laughs> they uh, might, yeah, because here's the deal, right? I mean, they're um, unrepresented buyers. We don't know if they're qualified. They're just going into your home. Um, I wonder. Was there more information in the article in regards to like if it was? I was obviously not owner occupied because ob- they they were there. Right. Well, yeah. So
0: and and it seems from what I gathered here that Gary uh, was using the app to scope out houses, yeah. and then would go and once the house was empty, yeah. We're going to crash here for a few days. Luckily, a buyer, another buyer, uh, also using open door, came in. Oh, uh, one kid was running around the house freshly out of the bath while mm. mom was, was uh, bathing the other kid. Man. I always get nervous about stuff like that. When you go to vacant houses, um, right. some years ago, I was at a, a house that was foreclosed and had been down for a while. And it was evident in the garage that people had been living there.
1: Yeah, I've seen that.
0: Yeah, like smoke barrels and stuff for heat. I mean, that's it's sad, but, you know, yeah. got to do more to protect your properties, yeah. I feel like, when they're vacant.
1: Especially if you're just um, an unrepresented buyer, you know, not really knowing the industry very well. You may not know of these things that that we know to look out for.
0: Now, here's another pretty big story that came out about a week ago, uh, but it, 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 it bears some discussion. Redfin is going to publicly display buyer agent commissions on their listings. Mm-hmm. Uh, all Redfin listings will publicly display the commissions that the sellers are offering to the buyer's agents. We know that's kind of part of the big problem with this lawsuit uh, against the real estate industry. Redfin's website uh, says this should help consumers understand the costs and incentives in the real estate transaction. They had conducted a survey in June that found about half of home buyers had no idea how their agent got paid. Which I find <laughs> uh, my numbers probably eighty-five percent. Yeah, people don't generally have any idea how that works and don't normally ask. And it's I mean it's fair that it would be disclosed to them. I don't know to the public though. Right. It's a little much.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I mean, I, I guess it's fine because uh, it is. it should be general knowledge. You can, like, look it up and see what an average realtor would make on a uh, transaction in your area. I'm sure you can find that online. Um, but I don't know why. The, I mean, other than this... Um, lawsuit and transparency that redfin apparently wants to have i don't know why they would really put that on there
0: i think they're just trying to show off a little bit yeah you know just sort of take the lead because i think i think you want to try to be on the up and up or at least seem,
1: yeah. seem the to be. most
0: on the up and even up.
1: though a lot of their fees are kind of hidden <laughs> right
0: so yeah. you know it's the old uh, smoke and mirror like oh but look at this here
1: right exactly um and then i'm wondering though if the if your buyers or your sellers would see that, well, I guess your sellers were no, nope, but your buyers would see that and be like, listen, like I need a portion of that. Like you're getting this much money for this, you know, Yep. have you ever gotten that? Only <laughs> I, I need a portion of your, um, your commission to make this sale happen. Um, and my, my answer is no, <laughs> sorry.
0: That's the right answer. Yeah.
1: I can help you maybe in a couple months.
0: Uh, Here's another big story. Five real estate investors whose business was the subject of a major BuzzFeed news investigation were arrested this past week for allegedly defrauding lenders and taxpayers out of millions of dollars in a scheme that targeted New Yorkers at risk of foreclosure. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York charged the men with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and bank fraud. Uh, Two years ago, BuzzFeed revealed how this group of investors turned properties on the brink of foreclosure into million-dollar listings sold on the reality TV show, Million Dollar Listing New York. Mm. So either when they do these shows, they're either showing you nonsensical fairy tales or they're (laughs) just breaking the law. Right. It's one or the other.
1: I am so happy that these guys got um, caught. Um, I'm sad that this was on TV, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just terrible.
0: Doesn't it seem like, uh, I guess that's just par for the course, you know, going back like 20 years ago, real estate was a very different industry and people could be taken advantage of and there weren't really a ton of protections, Mm -hmm. especially for buyers. Some people apparently have not gotten the memo.
1: No, I guess not. Um, But I think that there's there might be a little bit more to this story than uh, it's actually being reported. Um, In this article, I'd be interested in seeing what else comes out in the next couple of weeks. Um, Perhaps um, I don't know. I feel like I need a little bit more information on this. We will
0: follow up. Yes, we will cover. I think that's a good idea. Closely follow this story. What a shame, though. Yeah. You know.
1: We'll definitely link this because this is interesting and something I want. I want more info.
0: All right, so some months ago we talked about uh, Amazon was sort of dipping into the real estate market, and now they're jumping into home sales mm. with well, a new $105,000 property that you can literally buy from them. It's three-bedroom, two-baths, uh, the new home doors, those tiny homes I mentioned on Amazon that they started selling at the beginning of the year. Uh, months after these $7,000 do-it-yourself houses sold out, Amazon has these 774 square feet homes, uh, on the website, a $105,000 price tag. Uh, the three-bedroom, two-bathroom house is titled The Cliff. It's manufactured by Estonian wooden structure distributor Chaos. Uh The property boasts an open kitchen, dining room, sauna, um, food, The uh, no food, any day now, furniture, no. and appliances. Uh, that's what you put in the appliances, obviously, is food. Uh, 44,000 pounds, <laughs> it comes in two modules, that can be Assembled by, quote, two skilled workers.
1: No way. Yes. Zero. Zero chance that that's correct. <laughs> um, I don't believe that because I think I may have mentioned this, but we, my um, brother and his friends, it took them, I think, a week and a half to construct the uh, jungle gym in the backyard. For the <laughs> A week and a half. And like, I mean, they may have gone through like a couple 30 packs too, but um, yeah, there's no way. So this house is gorgeous and it's so up my alley, honest to God. And I think that this, it's very like modern, not necessarily like farmhouse like looking, but um, super sleek. And the colors are very uh, white and um, gray and navy and, and wood. Um, I'm really into it, and I would love it to be um, the answer to a lot of people's dreams that are looking for um, a tiny home or, um, you know, that sort of gig. Uh, but th- there's a lot to think about. Like, you know, are you going to have a well? Are you going to have septic? <laughs> are yeah, you do have, need are you gonna, land to you put know, you your
0: 774-square-foot house on.
1: Yeah, it's not like you just buy this $100,000 um, gorgeous ikea kind of home and then you're done there's a lot of like pre-thinking and things like that so um but if this actually works out i would love to see how how that goes literally a lot yeah um because i think that a lot of people the whole like um i I believe that going forward people are really going to be into kind of like the mobile home situation um And hear me out on that. So not like actually living in a mobile home, but living in that sort of a community where it's like similar to maybe like a condo complex, but you have your own home, you know, and maybe you don't necessarily own the land like a mobile home, but you have these awesome, super cool houses that are efficient, um, you know, gorgeous layouts um, and perfect for maybe like a busy, um, you know, bachelor or whatever you know and that's brilliant yeah um so that may be what you know the market's gonna look like soon might
0: be time to invest in communal properties. yeah uh here's another great story unfortunately uh keller williams as if they need their need their name dragged to the mud anymore crazy a beverly hills agent named jason yaselli's accused of conspiring with a thief who posed as an agent Uh, yaselli and benjamin ackerman were charged with using open houses to burglarize the homes of stars, including musicians Usher, Jason Derulo, and Adam Lambert, former football player Sean Phillips, and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills' Dorit Hemsley. Although Ackerman was arrested on suspicion of theft in 2018, investigators now believe Yaselli was his accomplice. Mm. From 2016 to 2018, they stole more than 2,000 items, uh, which have now been recovered by the police. I mean that's just not right. Anyone can be an agent. Yeah, seriously. I, I mean it's interesting that this guy was clearly getting a lot of listings yeah. from important people. Right. And hit those I mean nobody made the connection that like everybody. They're all getting burglarized. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's bad luck, dude.
1: Uh, what a bad luck, man. Not good.
0: I had a seller die during one of my transactions. I mean, if that oh, happened yes. every transaction
1: Yeah oh, you no. wanna look <laughs> into me. <laughs> right oh don't he would even. Just naturally
0: be like i'm just i'm yeah. just wondering
1: yeah no that would not be uh, also not a good look <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, wait, no no it wouldn't uh so here's a really interesting article i know how much you're uh into mm-hmm. instagram you actually uh handle the instagram for the closing time podcast mm-hmm. make sure you follow us there and on facebook uh here is how to get 10,000 new followers in 60 days somebody did this and it worked Biggest thing you got to do: increase posting frequency. You should be posting at least four times a day. Do you do that?
1: I one hundred percent do not do that. Okay. No. All
0: right. So already we know where you're failing. Yes. Here's the times you want to post at: seven a, eleven a, three p, seven p.
1: Did you just say a and p? Yeah. Does it say that in the article, or it
0: did you just? Doesn't. That's me being hip.
1: Oh God. No. Okay. No. All right. Well, those are that's good times to know. To be honest, so. Yeah um when you're up and you're getting ready for your day 7 a.m and what were the other times again 11
0: a.m 11 a.m so just before lunch when people start to kind of doze off a little bit yeah, and start and they're, thinking, yeah. they're
1: wanting to scroll yeah or maybe they're like yeah okay. 3
0: p.m i know for a fact is the number one time of to mm-hmm. post
1: because everyone's going for their third cup of coffee at absolutely that time. Yeah.
0: and then 7 p.m is for you know the, the pe- night owls and the
1: people that don't have kids and right. they're going crazy at seven o'clock right okay
0: author and sales expert grant cardone once said people give in to the person they see the most if you wonder how some of these big exactly. time agents get to you it's the repetition of seeing their signs seeing their Honest face, to God, seeing there are their some name.
1: agents that i follow like local agents in my area where i'm like oh my god they're so good just from watching their They're like instagram stories i'm like maybe i should use them honestly like it they're not doing anything different than i am um you know it's just entertaining and i assume that people enjoy watching it
0: they must yeah um although you know you're you're weird so you don't know i'm a little weird yeah yeah you're very into that yeah you know
1: yeah i also really (laughs) like seeing who watches my stuff because you can see who watches your stories
0: this is you're you're on the right track here, yeah. I think, for some things. Okay. Uh, here's the next big thing. Solicited shout outs. Do you do this? I do. Okay. Today um, I did it today. Did you? Did you get a did you get a I shout did, back? I got a
1: shout back from um so I, one of my stories was a picture of my sign and sheet. at the open I'm fresh out of the open house, by the way.
0: You um, look great by the way. Thank nice you. job.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. Very professional. Um so I had the open house this morning and I took a shot uh, just like shots around the house. One of them was my sign and sheet. Um, And then I had a pen there, and it was one of our attorneys that we used their pen, and I, I added them, shouted out them, and then they shouted me out as well. That's great. Yes.
0: See, there you go. Reciprocal. Now, you have to follow these rules when you're asking, like, bigger pages. Hmm for a shout out and also first and foremost do your due diligence on them because sometimes you'll see pages with a lot of followers Mm -hmm. click on some of their followers go through 20 of their followers and see if the followers have profiles or if they've been active because if not it's your friends the russian bots the russian bots (laughs) steer clear of the russian bots yeah um So that's something you really need to focus on. But make sure that that the account is legit. Make sure that they're not. There's another thing that happens sometimes is a lot of people are following an account and it's not really updating. Yeah. Also a bot. Also a bot. Yeah. So watch out for bots. Uh, Focus on stories, which is something that you do. Yes. It is one of the most engaged segments in all of social media today. Mm Mm-hmm. So put all your energies in the in the Instagram stories, but you're already doing that.
1: So the the stories, I'm looking ahead so I don't talk about something you're about to, but I think this is not on the list. Um, stories and then also the IGTV.
0: Yes. That's huge,
1: um, which I admittedly haven't to yet to do, but I think it's on our list.
0: It is on our list because yeah. there's some really cool stuff we're re- going to be doing We're soon. working
1: on some cool stuff, so stay tuned for that.
0: Pay attention to insights. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not rocket science. Just pay attention to post insights. That way, you could figure out what people liked and yeah. what people didn't like. You kind of were talking about that earlier. You're looking to see who liked it, yes, and what, what, why.
1: Well, I always watch. Yeah, I always watch to see who's looking, and I got about three hundred people seeing my stories on a daily basis or whenever I post. Um, I would say one third of them are my friends from Russia. And they're so funny. Um, But yes, and then you can see obviously what they did. Did they just like forward? Did they click to your um, profile? Did they click your link? Um, And this is all, again, if you have a business profile too, then you get more stats and things like that. I don't know how to do the swipe ups though. I feel like we need to get into that.
0: Let's get on it. Okay.
1: All right. Next.
0: All right. Use more Hashtags. Really? They allow thirty hashtags per post. The thing is, it's That's thirty too many. different entry points to your page from all different avenues on every post. You're doing it four times a day. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. gonna show up in those searches again. You got to use. True. You got to use the right hashtags. Mm-hmm. If the hashtag has, you know is "buy from me, Abby, bro," no
1: one's no one has no that. one's seeing that. Literally, if nobody. It's real
0: estate. If it's buyers, it's sellers. I mean, it's gonna generate. It's going to work. Yeah. There's actually an app called Hashtag Expert that'll help you discover relevant hashtags and help you get stronger engagement, something you might want to look into. Mm. Um, That's super important, the hashtags. I know it looks stupid, and it looks a little desperate sometimes, but if you only have a few hundred followers, newsflash, (laughs) you are desperate. You are desperate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I always hashtag the community I'm in, um, obviously what the picture or whatever story is about. Um, I do hashtag CT Real Estate or CT Realtor or Realtor or whatever, um, because you also want to get in the eyes of other um, agents, especially if you're um, posting about a listing you have, because you want to get that image or that listing in front of them, because ultimately 10 times or nine times out of 10, they're the ones that are going to sell the house for you. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Again, I mean, your your name can't get out there enough. Right. Uh, So let's talk about social media and maybe some simple steps to clean it up. Mm. So take a look at your Facebook and your Twitter. Ask yourself, does this post help someone trust me more, or do I sound like a raving lunatic? <laughs> if your post doesn't help increase people's trust in you, don't post it.
1: Yeah.
0: No one's going to trust you. Right. Don't complain. Don't, don't be too argumentative. Don't pick on or bully people. Uh, talking politics and religion... Generally, a good conversation starter, those things tend to go poorly quickly. Right. Just don't do
1: it. I choose not to at all. Um, but you know what? The thing about realtors is that you're your own business. So if that's your deal, that's your deal. True that. Yeah.
0: I I, I often take the bait. <laughs> I know you do. I can't help it. <laughs> I know. Uh, also, don't brag about yourself too much. Too much. A little bit of bragging is good, but when people start to like not follow you because you're obnoxiously celebrating your accomplishments when mm-hmm. so you know you've gone too far.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you gotta be real. I mean honestly yes. Um, maybe I don't do this enough, but uh yeah, we have some really great things that we've accomplished this year and I feel like feel like we've talked about them. But then there's also some things like, um, you know, I only had like three people show up in my open house today. And I really, really did not want to pick up those signs at the end of it. (laughs) But I I thought to myself, I was like, listen, my goal for the next year is to never have to pick up these signs again. I'm going to pay somebody to do this.
0: Oh, yeah. That
1: is on the vision board. Going
0: baller. That's how you got
1: to do it. So um, maybe some of these Facebook tips will help.
0: All right, number two, go on a deleting spree. Take a look back at your social media for the past six months or so, and anything that we just discussed, just delete it. Yep. And if, you, if you're if you not sure if we covered it and you're thinking maybe, the answer is yes. Delete. Yes, you should. Number three, reevaluate your ideal client. Hmm. You know, you don't really ever think about that, but as you mature as an agent, maybe you want to start to kind of leave those first-time home buyers behind. You know, there's there's certainly things that you can do mm-hmm. uh, just to sort of make, make make their needs, your needs align more. does right. that sound?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So go after those people with those hashtags, perhaps. There you go. Yeah.
0: Uh, Number four, delete salesy posts after 24 hours. This is
1: interesting.
0: When new followers or friends show up to our pages, we don't want them to be drawn away by the amount of sales-driven posts that they see. Mm -hmm. So, after 24 hours,
1: delete it. You're going to
0: do another one in three or four days anyway.
1: Yeah. Smart. Right? But what about... Squeeze pages, though, Like, would you recommend leaving those up? What do you think? Because those people can click on and enter your information. You never really want that.
0: Uh, you that you should is, keep.
1: I would say that's a keeper. Yeah, for okay. sure. All right. Um,
0: number five, stop trying to attract everyone. Yeah. Uh, I bet realtors who say they work with buyers, sellers all across the spectrum, luxury home buyers, first-time home buyers. Investors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. You see their social media, and it's it's very discombobulated. Hmm. It, you know, nothing really seems to flow. It, it feels like they don't know what they're doing or who they are. Yeah. So remember this. A lack of clarity doesn't encourage someone to buy from you. They need to know that uh, they're your people.
1: You yeah. Know?
0: So – Make it clear who you are and what you do and get rid of the garbage.
1: I like working with cool people.
0: Cool people are,
1: yeah, yeah. that's what you want. Yeah. You know? Hashtag cool people.
0: <laughs> Nothing like having like another like a cool chill agent on the other side. Yeah. They're like, hey, Joe, just want to get this thing done. And you're yeah. like, me too. Yeah, I Let's like that. Let's do it together. I love that. Uh, now, obviously this year you and I teamed up. Uh, mm-hmm. So, here is the essential guide to real estate teams because, according to NAR survey, uh, which elicited responses of more than 3,400 agents last year, 26% of NAR members are part of a team. Okay. Those teams had a median establishment year of 2014, meaning most of them are still pretty new. Mm-hmm. Uh, of those agents not on teams, 39% had considered, uh, to some degree or another, joining one. So,. What exactly is a team? Like, let's kind of break this down. I mean, we're two people. I actually
1: had this conversation at a Norcom happy hour earlier this week with a seasoned agent. Um, and I was surprised as how she ran her team. How
0: big know. is her team?
1: <sighs> I think she's like got three people total, just brought a new one on.
0: Okay. The um, median size for real estate teams is four.
1: Four, Okay. So maybe she'll take a new one on soon. Who knows? Um, but I was surprised. I thought, you know, she, uh, in my eyes, I thought she was like the rainmaker and just like threw out leads to everybody. Um, but that wasn't the case. So what what, what, did the, what? does NAR say? So, size
0: aside, another vital trait of agent teams is they operate within an existing brokerage.
1: Okay. Yep. In other Check words, on that. Yeah, we do that, uh, too. Right.
0: Uh, teams are groups of agents and, and look like a brokerage. Right. Um. Where do these teams come from? Where right. does the idea of real estate teams come from? And and it's a little it's tough to sort of figure out. Mm-hmm. Uh they didn't really burst out of the scene. They've sort of evolved into today. Uh teams have sort of evolved. It's kind of started in the Great Depression, and then mm-hmm. every corresponding housing bubble. One of those things where rather than me throw all my my, you know, money in there we're gonna collectively work together as a group. Yeah. So anytime there's housing bubbles, I remember my mom literally got into real estate and right out of right out of graduating uh from real estate school, like she and these other three women she was with, they went to the same agency and started a team.
1: And did they kill it?
0: For two whole years. <laughs> Good for them. And then nineteen ninety happened oh, and bummer. they all went back to regular life.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. The, the cycles of real estate. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, for me, a team is having someone you're accountable to, um, someone who you work well with and can, um, you know, help each other on deals, get things done, um, be there for each other. Perhaps somebody wants to take a break <laughs> for like <laughs> imagine like a vacation. <laughs> I'm using air quotes. Um and uh i mean mainly i'm in it for the accountability um and uh support and um you know we have the the same goal to not only build our business but also do this podcast and um uh yeah and hopefully uh, grow as realtors together
0: it was fun talking to people while door knocking and and bringing yeah. up the fact that we do a podcast and that we do some kind of uh different marketing than what most people get or yeah. most people do and and, and why not? You know, I mean, if you're just doing what everybody else is doing, then, I mean, you're not really separating yourself from the pack. Right. And you never know what the next great big idea is. Hopefully it's podcasts. Yes. Because, you know, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Hope so. Cross your fingers. I read this other really great article I wanted to share. It's I, I think it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. I, I felt when I first got into real estate, I still wasn't sure I could do it. From the paperwork standpoint, and just really understanding the process, uh, this is an article I saw, it's called, Why Realtors Need a Legit Apprentice Training Program, and it really got me thinking about that. Mm. You show up on day one, right? You get some light training, and then off you go. And, and, and it, every broker I've ever had has been very helpful, like, come on in, we'll do some paperwork, I'll show you how to get it done. But... What about a realtor-apprentice training program where you would join in and apprentice for, say, 24 months, all transactions supervised, the trainee would be working for the trainer. Mm. And then uh, at that point, the trainee's gone to school, uh, you have, like, a permit to practice, kind of like a driver's license, but that person's not, like, a licensed realtor. Yeah. You're just sort of a, you know, the apprentice until... You understand how to do it. You, I think, again, sort of working side by side with somebody.
1: I mean, that's what I did with Sanam, our broker. Yeah. Um, I remember in the beginning, I would just shadow her and find, you know, I think it was an open house was the first thing I did with her. And she told me how to strategize and find the best places to put the signs and when you should put the signs up. And usually it's the day before. Um. And how many signs, I mean, even those little things, um, getting your systems down, that's huge. If you can get your systems down as an apprentice, um, then you'd be set up for success. Uh, you know, and then the next thing I did was, um, go on an actual showing with her and you learn things like simple things like what to do with the key so you don't lose it.
0: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you, know?
1: Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and um, obviously safety things and, and how to sell, how to help your buyer imagine themselves living there, what they can do to make it their own, how, um, you know, perhaps they might be able to get some equity in it pretty quickly if they do some simple updates. Um, I learned that from her as well. So uh, those are things in addition to, like you said, the paperwork, but not only that, I mean, There was an agent that I had worked with um, in the past year um, who it was for a rental and she had mentioned that the person had a lot of interest, but the person in her office that did the background checks and the credit checks was gone, had left early for the day and it was a Friday. And she wasn't going to be able to get me the application until Monday. Yikes. And I'm like... You know, no one taught you, or you don't have the, uh, the ability to run the credit check or background check yourself. And I feel like that is detrimental. Like your buyer is is losing out on the opportunity to get this rental.
0: Right. You're 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 literally not competing with everybody else at the same level if there's stuff you just don't know how to do.
1: Right. And so that's why things like that, even obviously, would be really important to know and possibly be in this training. I think this is brilliant.
0: I had a buddy who was a a carpenter's apprentice, and he went through the two-year training program and then just went and did something else, which I thought was weird. But, um, you know, you're not really a carpenter. Mm. You have a hammer and nails. Yeah. But somebody tells you where to hammer and nail it and how to do it so that it comes out right. Yeah. It just would make sense if there was something more like that. Also, then maybe there wouldn't be so many agents
1: no, maybe, yeah.
0: That might be cool, it, too. Like,
1: similar to, like, the hammer and nails, like, what, you have a car, you have a business card and a phone.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can be doing it wrong, mm. is the point. Uh, one of the big things that often comes up is, and you sort of alluded to it earlier, the idea of keeping your commission off the negotiating table. Oh, right. And I would say probably thing number one to... to be concerned about is dispelling the reality tv myth because people people assume this is real estate and you're watching you know hgtv million dollar listings and all those shows uh how can you explain a program that highlights taking buyers to three homes (laughs) and then finding their home uh, through a silky smooth buying process all this in one episode with a couple of short commercial breaks Everybody knows that's not how it works. It's a lot of running Do around. They, well, <laughs> maybe the they issue. don't. Well, yeah, that's right. the issue. Yeah. I think doctors are Grey's Anatomy and ER. I don't think they have regular lives. They I just, just assume make out in
1: the linen closet all day? All
0: sorts of that stuff going yeah. on. Gotta be.
1: No, this is the same thing. I mean, I have a friend who owns a tattoo shop in New Haven, and she's like, you have no idea how many people think that they come in without an appointment- <laughs> and think that they're gonna leave with an entire sleeve. Because you like, guys are
0: just sitting around here, right, right. doing drugs. Smoking cigarettes. Yeah, right? Which your are yeah. Rottweiler.
1: Right. So that's not pot that's not reality either. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh wow. I did yeah. not I didn't realize <laughs> that. Yeah. It's, it's tough for everybody it nowadays is, isn't this it? reality TV. No. Uh make sure your social media is showing the right picture. Mm-hmm. the more that you can pull back the curtain and show what really happens behind the scene, the more valuable uh, you'll see. They'll, they'll understand what it is you do. There's a lot of things that we do that they never see. So sort of
1: l- allow them
0: to know what you're doing for them.
1: Oh, okay. I read this wrong. Um, so this point is saying... On your social media, talk about everything that you're doing as an agent. Yes. Okay. I really thought it meant like just like as your like main picture. Yeah, like- no, like, yeah right? <laughs> that
0: picture you used from high school. Right. We know that's not really you now. Yeah. Uh, communicate your value well beyond finding homes. Because mm. again, right, we sort of, you take them out, you find them a home, you sort of turn things over to the mortgage lender and to the attorney. And they don't know you're still jockeying the entire transaction. You're talking to the other agent. They yeah. assume because they're now at this point, they're hearing more from the mortgage guy. Oh, he's got it. He's in control. Yeah. But as soon as he needs some paperwork or she wants whatever, guess who's doing it? Yeah. We are. But are you, they don't know that.
1: I mean, it's really great. What we do is send out emails um at every step of the way. so. Um, you know, if it's your buyer, you say, you know, the appraisals or the home inspections X, this is what to expect. You know, the appraisals next up that, this is what you expect, you know, and make sure it's branded with your stuff. Um, and obviously like CC, whatever professional needs to be CC, the loan officer, the lawyer, whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's just to let them know you're still in control. Um, even though other people are handling it. (laughs)
0: This one's the best one, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Mm. Adjust your attitude about money.
1: Yeah, it, I like that. It's
0: fascinating to watch agents who are focused on paying the lowest fee on everything. You cut every corner, and then you're surprised when your client wants you to give them a deal on your commission.
1: Ridiculous. If,
0: you, if, if an agent doesn't value the tools, experience, resources, support, and, and, and of other people, why would their clients feel that way about that? Yeah, them? that's a big one. And remember it's probably not about you just yes just be the best version of you. Yeah. Do you think you're overpaid yeah. if if you if you don't and I hope you don't and you're a little offended by that thought, ask yourself this, in your market, are there some agents who are overpaid? And most likely you would say, yes, mm-hmm. they are. When buyers look at the overall market, they see that as well. Perhaps consumers who have had experiences with agents they felt were overpaid can now generalize about everybody in the industry as a result of that.
1: That's a little deep. It's it is. a deep one. You got to think about that. It's sad. Mm.
0: It's sad, but that's that's what it is. You just got to tell them no. No, but be nice about yeah,
1: it. Yeah, and everyone, you know, it's a, it's a frustrating and um, exciting and uh, stressful time for everybody. So sometimes people do crazy things. But maybe
0: don't brag to your clients about the vacation to like you know, Egypt that you're going on for three weeks as soon as you sell the house.
1: When does that happen? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know what you
0: do where they're like, oh, I'm going to be in Rome this time next week. And you're like, well, yeah, that's great. It's I'm sure Mrs. Uh, Jones here is excited. How are you going to spend all her money? Yeah. You know, maybe don't do that. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, speaking of clients, here are nine telltale signs. It's time for you to fire your client. It happens. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you find yourself in an open position with a prospect or client. There's no hope of getting things done. It's time to fire. Number one, lying. Trust is broken when your clients lie to you. So, you know, why do they lie? Simple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's probably best to just move on. Number two, if they're abusing mentally or physically, and it's rare, but sometimes clients... Might be abusive, right? Uh, to the point of literally physically manhandling somebody. If that ever happens, or if someone's in your face and screaming at you, might be time to call nine one one. Yes, <laughs> time to go your separate ways. Uh, if you have a client who's making unreasonable demands, clients can be demanding. That's fine. Sometimes they cross the line to the point where you're like, I- "Is this for real?"
1: Six a.m. showings. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's the earliest we can go out on a Sunday, yeah <laughs> uh if they have financing issues, if they're unwilling to meet with a lender to get pre-approved and they just want to go looking at homes, I uh-uh. mm-hmm. all set there.
1: I saw a meme that works well with this. It was like I think it was on the broke agent um page. And it was like um, a guy getting dressed up as a clown progressively, you know, and it was like the first one was like, I'll just show them one home. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'll give him another week to get pre-approved. And then like at the end, it's like full clown face. I'm a clown.
0: <laughs> Number five, constantly being in state of indecision. If you got people on the fence and we heard this in the, our, our recent training that we did, if they're on the fence, get them in or get them out. Get them. Yep. And let them know that. Move on. Yeah. Number six, if they ignore your advice and then lay the blame on you, which I hate. I don't have this in real estate. I just have this in life Mm -hmm. where people will ask me something and I'm like, no, wait, you did that, didn't you? You're not asking me if you should have. You're looking for me to defend this for you and I won't. Yeah. I hate that. That's the worst. But if you have a client who does the opposite of what you're doing, they're not really your client. Mm Mm-hmm. You you're poorly representing that person and they're that's doing true. what they want. It's that's not a good relationship. You're going to want to get out of it. Uh if they nickel and dime to an un- again, to an unreasonable degree, you know, I I once had a house fall apart cuz we couldn't come to terms on splitting 2500 bucks. Wow. Yep. Everybody went their separate ways. Uh number 8, if you're backed into a corner, if you've ever been at a listing presentation where the seller brings up your comp- or your competition and how much less they charge, tell them, go with that guy. Yeah. This is going to work out great for you and him.
1: Call, call him out. But, you know, you obviously have to tell them your worth and why you know you're worth the money that you are charging and everything Absolutely. like that what you have to bring to the table
0: you want to go to undercut Charlie go to, him, go to him but you're going to get a cut you're going to get a cut performance for a cut rate and don't think you're not right and then number nine if they ask you to do something illegal or unethical obviously we know the rules of real estate and things that can be done and said but worse than that if they're literally looking for you to fudge things or whatever yeah. uh, you're going to want to get out of that
1: Yeah. I mean, these are all really great um, things to look out for. Maybe I haven't done that much business, but I haven't really seen any of this. I haven't really come into any of these issues, maybe with some financing things, but, or obviously um, I definitely have shown people um, houses without being pre-approved yet. But um, I also am a big believer in passing people off to somebody else, referring them if you can't work with them. So don't just fire them, pass them off because the possibility that your personalities don't jive is very high so uh, maybe they're asking you to do illegal things or not taking your advice or being indecisive (laughs) because it's you maybe your personality doesn't work well with them and they need somebody else to get it done
0: and you have that guy in the office who does do illegal and shady things yeah (laughs) see if he'll give you 25 percent
1: yeah exactly uh now this past friday
0: i don't know if you knew this or not it was friday, the, friday 13th. the 13th
1: i um follow on instagram people that do like go to like disney world cuz i'm kind of that kind of person and there was this guy that rode tower of terror 13 times cuz it was friday the 13th oh gosh and i feel like that's not a really good use of time but i totally want to do it <laughs> anyway S- saw this article
0: on realtor.com five killer real estate lessons we learned from friday the 13th mm. uh and this is both brilliant and is kind it of like is the movie or <laughs> yes is, oh
1: okay i love it
0: uh lesson number one always talk to the neighbors <laughs> they can tell you a lot about a property and its history and the people who you should be avoiding
1: i you know what that's 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 great i love that one
0: number two <laughs> read the seller's disclosure
1: yeah because if
0: you had known jason died. Yes. You you probably wouldn't have bought the house. We, we could have all just moved on from there.
1: But that's not in the disclosures. That's silly. It should be. This is just silly. Number
0: three, <laughs> decide how much isolation you can handle. Okay. I know a lot of people like to live out in the woods, but consider this. There's no phone service out there, or if you're screaming for your life, mm-hmm. nobody can hear you. Right. We've seen that time and time again. So in have, that I'm series. getting scared. I don't like it. Are you getting, are, <laughs> are getting the chills? A little bit. Uh, lesson number four, stop thinking about Jason.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, home inspections save lives.
1: Yes, they do. You
0: may have noticed in in most of those movies that as soon as it starts to rain, mm-hmm. the power goes out in the house. You want to get an electrician yes. in there. Make sure your power, when, when it's raining, that the power is going to stay on. Yeah. That's always a good bet. Yeah. <laughs> And lesson number five, beef up your security before you settle in. Mm. Maybe change the locks.
1: Oh, yes. Not even maybe.
0: You should change the yes. locks immediately. Yes. Like, first things first. That's yeah. the first thing you should do. Uh, and if you do buy out by Crystal Lake, yeah. get more secure, heavier, maybe metal doors. Because Jason, I don't know if you if you recall from the he just goes right through the doors. Like
1: the, like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So... Uh, Strong doors, yeah. I think, is is key to safety.
1: Oh, I'm so glad that list is over. That was a little scary. Yeah,
0: Friday the 13th, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for uh for for tuning in. This has been uh, again a little bit of a lull in the action, but we're back and we've got a whole bunch of really great stuff planned. You're going to be seeing a a lot of Abby's face in particular coming up soon.
1: Oh, yes. So, so, make be, sure. Be ready for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Be prepared. Get your filters
1: ready on your. <laughs> I'll use filters too, but if You're we both so use them. You're so ridiculous.
0: That does it for us for this week. We will be back next week with another brand new episode and so much more. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. It is Closing Time Podcast. And make sure you subscribe and like, comment, share on your social media.